I don't know if I had done one, I had tried to sleep one night and I saw, I did, like, I saw this image of, like, demon, I was on a um, bunk bed and I was on the top bunk or something, and from the ceiling above me I just saw these, like, demon faces, like, Ugh. it was really atrocious, and it could be the imagination of, sure. you know, a, what was that, 11-year-old boy. But I wanted to take it seriously enough, so I told my dad, and he, like, anointed my, the door of my room um, with some holy oil thing from the Middle East, and it was fine after that. to Barefoot to Emmaus. This is Char. And this is Byron. We are here in our pre-Halloween, but still lovely, festive, occult themes, I think. That's what we're doing right now, Byron? Yes. Very, very pre-Halloween. We're like halfway <laughs> there. Can we call it half Halloween? Half, half, Half-loween. Halloween. Half-loween. Great. Happy Halloween! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we didn't want to wait. We're impatient. Byron had some cool ideas, so... Yes, so yeah, our topic more specifically will be, um, like, witchcraft, demons... Wait, witchcraft? Uh, the witchcraft. Oh. That, that It's craft. like the sandwich shop, which witchcraft. Which witchcraft, <laughs> which witch. Yeah, uh, so that's what we'll be talking about. So, growing up, uh, as a missionary kid, I had a lot of stories that revolved around, uh, like modern day exorcisms mm -hmm. and things um i'm just realizing i have so much to say um cool <laughs> so Count on in, the interesting in the um yeah i don't know how how should i how should i start um tell me why you wanted to pick this topic i was thinking about a, a previous partner of mine um who can remain unnamed uh, just for her own privacy. Um, and I had never considered that there could be such a thing as Christian witchcraft. Mm. Um, so we were, on a t we were on a walk, you and I, uh, today, and something came up that made me think of different like spiritual approaches. Uh, <clears throat> and so I just remembered my... Was it when I summoned the rain? <laughs> good one moving on yeah just different experiences of i didn't really ever think before meeting her that witchcraft fit, could fit within christian tradition mm -hmm. potentially but evidently there's a big kind of a big thing of christian witchcraft um yeah so that's what brought it up that's why i wanted to think about it so i guess i could start with her that um and i've talked to a couple people who have this experience that maybe they were raised christian or whatever and uh, were pretty dis disenfranchised, is that the right word? Disinterested, um, pushed away from the church yeah. because of Christian hypocrisy and stupid stuff. And then actually was, uh, I mean, various stories, but people who were able to re-engage with spirituality in general and sometimes more specifically uh, God and even very specifically Jesus hmm. through practices of witchcraft Jesus specifically uh yeah uh, uh as as like the ultimate medium <laughs> there was another friend of mine um who was talking about oh like it's Lent now we're getting ready for Easter and get ready for all of the uh Jesus zombie memes <laughs> Which I don't know what circles he runs in. <laughs> it gets lots pretty of lit. Jesus I would mind meme. some Jesus mommy zombie memes. But actually, I mean, so then the the conversations got struck up with him and I. Um, he said, actually, uh, Jesus is much less of a zombie and more like a lich. What is a lich? A lich is a corpse sorcerer. Ooh. Um, like a sorcerer who is a corpse. Usually the understanding is that they were some king or, like, high-level sorcerer who wanted immortality, and so 
figured out ways to continue to have their so they bound their soul to their bodies so even if they're a skeleton or whatever uh they still do all of their magic stuff they often yeah they often are necromancers so they have like that's what i was thinking necromancy other people yeah um bring other people to life or at least reanimate corpses um so if do you think voldemort could have done that made a horcrux of himself (laughs) (laughs) there's what was it there's a um yeah, I think it was a dream. Wow, I forgot about this dream. There was, like, this witch lady who, like, I was some sword knight person attacking her, and she wasn't actually of or in her body. She mm-hmm. was, like, but her soul was tethered puppet style to her body, so I could just, like, hack away and cut, 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 but she wouldn't, like, if I literally, like, severed her arm off, it wouldn't matter because she had, like, strings, spiritual control strings attached to like all the points of her body oh, that's wild so like doesn't matter if you like cut her up like minced her to pieces all of the pieces, wound. yeah sure <laughs> all of the pieces would still be like operating as if they were a body under her control almost have more freedom than the arm just shoots out <laughs> yeah something like that anyway yeah so that's kind of lich powers now one of the things is that liches are like okay so here's the thing witchcraft is typically seen of as pretty damn like evil often irredeemably so so the prospect of like whoa wait witchcraft and christianity intersection of this like obviously that's an incredibly offensive idea to many people yeah i mean there's tons of scriptural precedent for that not tons um there is a certain amount of it uh there is actually a necromancer witch in the bible i think people forget this sometime i think in in second samuel um saul king saul is like starting to get on the out and out with god oh yes (laughs) um and he needs advice and he doesn't want to go to the prophets to talk to god so he goes to this necromancer the witch of endor is her name the witch of endor (laughs) and cool uh, name yeah she's just kind of a chill lady she's not described terribly poorly or or wickedly except that um un except that under the direction of samuel uh the last like judge um, I think God had directed Saul to banish all witches and necromancers. And so this, so then it's ironic that Saul then like pursues this necromancer to talk to the spirit of Saul, uh, of Samuel. So then she conjures up Samuel's body. No, just, I think just his spirit from the, from Sheol, from the underworld. And Samuel's pissed about it. <laughs> and, um, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, but then, no, 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 that's not how spirit magic works. It's more like, ooh, <laughs> Anyway, um, I need to re- rewatch that episode. Uh, that is a reference, if you didn't catch that, uh, to Avatar The Last Airbender, the, uh, Painted Lady, Painted Lady episode, yes. Where Katara, like, uh, interacts with spirit world shenanigans and impersonates, so... No necromancy, though, No necromancy. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not an Avatar thing, usually. Um, okay, so anyway, so Jesus being a lich. Oh, Jesus, and what? <laughs> that's what we were saying. Like, yes, okay, going back right. a bit. Yeah. Um, Jesus isn't a zombie because that has a sense of, like, mind control, brainlessness, lack of will there. Liches have control over their own body, and according to D&D, fifth generation, whatever mm. something, there are actually good liches. Obviously, okay, so that was just a fun tangent, all that, really to go back and say, um, so my previous partner had only been able to re-engage with her faith, really, because of the freedom of being able to pursue spirituality even into less accepted forms like witchcraft now this gets complicated because yeah you're right the bible does condemn witchcraft in a number of places i don't know how many um probably less than 10 but it's not the number that right if it forbids it one time that's enough um if we're understanding it correctly if we're interpreting the scripture yeah that's true well but yeah great great point because what do we consider witchcraft oh my gosh i okay i feel like i could just talk this entire time I'll um, try to. I'll so try to direct me yeah, yeah. or like jump in if you have for sure. your own experiences or questions. But I'll, I'll let me talk some Bible stuff for a second. Do it. So, um, 
in the Old Testament, there's this thing called the umum and the thumum, or thunum, or something. Um, these are like... I have twins, that's what I'm going to name them. <laughs> <laughs> my, my condolences. Um, so the high priests of Israel, this was a thing that tended to be a little bit earlier Israel rather than later, but the tradition continues uh, into the New Testament, as we'll see in a second. Um, and these are, I think they're essentially, there's some sort of divination, some sort of bone casting or something. Hmm. It's essentially a prayer, yeah. right? Dear God, should we attack this army now? If so, how? Right, like... Lucky seven. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, when, when the Bible says... Oh, piggy toe. <laughs> especially in the books of um, Samuel and First and Second Kings and stuff, um, when it says, and the Lord said... Yeah. specifically in reference to a battle, they often are talking about divination, like looking at some mechanism to understand what God wants or is saying or something. Now, how is that any different from a soothsayer looking at the flight path yeah. of birds? Or even Jesus in the New Testament talks about just like predicting the weather. <laughs> no. Or the, the apostles draw lots. Exactly. So that's where, this, that's where this culminates in the New Testament, that... Um, when Judas is dead, um, the R. eleven R. left. R.I.P. The eleven are left, and are like, well, we need a twelfth person, so we'll pick from these two people who have been with us the whole time, and they draw lots as specifically, and it says specifically to they pray like, dear God, show us what you want through this, and show me if you want to make me a millionaire. Here we <laughs> yeah. go. Well, so then Matthias is picked, and here's the ironic thing. Maybe this is a comment against witchcraft or divination in the New Testament. Matthias is never mentioned again yes, like, in the Matthias? New Testament. <laughs> so there's a number of issues, and, and you know some of the stuff that the prophets do could be considered like witchcraft. Yeah. So then the issue is how do you define witchcraft? And so this became an important question for me. And I went on to like think about it a little bit, and I, you know... Uh, I have some friends who do tarot cards, as, you know, they, it's this deck yeah. of cards things. I, I assume most people know what they are. So the way that I ended up thinking about witchcraft was, what is the source, what, what are you praying to? Witchcraft is essentially prayer, mm, in my mind. Yeah. The, only, the only distinction is, what are you praying to, or whom? And what is the purpose? Witchcraft is often a destructive purpose, but mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be, so that's one thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think God would be down with destructive uh, magic, although, again, Old Testament, like, here, God, destroy these people, and God sometimes does. Like, is it Elisha calling down fire from heaven to burn up all those people? Which, again, I think it's James and John in the New Testament are, are like, I think in the book of John, are like, hey, can we burn these people up? No, not John. Well, I don't know, one of the Gospels. Um, there's a city that doesn't welcome Jesus, and some of the disciples are like, hey, can we do that thing that Elisha did? And Jesus is like, no, no, oh, no. Oh, no. pyros. He's just wearing a secret fire. <laughs> yeah, little pneumato pyros. Spiritual pyros. Whatever. Okay. Um, so the point being, what is the source? Or what is the purpose? Is it for harm? Is it for evil? Um, or is it even for selfish things? Mm. I think God tends to steer away from... Uh, allowing people to just use God's power for selfish means, like winning the lottery or whatever. Um, and then the last one is, what? Yeah, what's the what's? Is it leading to Christ or coming from Christ? Like those are the distinctions that I think about. So, like, who are you praying to? Basically? Yeah, who are you praying to? Um, yeah. So I remember doing a Samhain ritual um, for uh, Halloween or All Saints Day or something. Um, and we were essentially just we were invoking the 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 entities of like of wind and earth and stuff specifically as subordinate creations of gods of god and any amount of like hey can we talk to or we're sending up this prayer to my grandma for instance isn't all that different it wasn't all that different in my mind to uh like prayer and, and speci especially uh, traditions that believe in saints, right? You don't pray to the saint, but the saint has obviously done cool stuff in regards to what they are a patron saint of. And so 
because they're in heaven, there's a sense, you know, if you had a path, it's like asking a pastor to pray for you. Like you have a sense of like, oh, you're a spiritual person. Can you pray for me? Yeah, do the thing. Yeah, that's, that's the understanding of, of saints. Um, so people who get all uptight about praying to saints, get over it. Okay, so that's some aspects of witchcraft. I wanted to jump back to the Book of Enoch, right. Um, so I've been reading the Book of Enoch, apocryphal book, uh, written around, well, there's three Enochs, uh, or three books of Enoch. One of them, first Enoch, was written, I think, around the time of the Maccabean Revolt. So mm -hmm. that's another apocryphal. If you're Catholic, then there's these fun extra books about the some Hebrew stuff between... Um, Malachi and Jesus uh, that talk about the Hebrew revolts of the Maccabees as the Romans were coming in and stuff. Um, so around that time was a book written or popularized or discovered or something called First Enoch. And this harkens back all the way to pre-flood, pre-Noah stuff. Uh, in the canonical scriptures in Genesis chapter 6, we just get a couple verses of the the sons of God, as in the angels, um, came down and had sex with the daughters of women, uh, daughters of humans, and they made the Nephilim, the fallen, fallen angels. Yeah. Uh, and this is somehow understood to be an intrinsically wicked thing for which, uh, which contributes to God's destruction of uh, the world by flood. The Book of Enoch goes into a lot of that in way more detail. It's a whole book about Enoch, this guy, who's like. Noah's great-great-great-great-great-grandpa learning from God what was happening more specifically. So there were 200, I think, maybe 20-something um, angels who came down for that express purpose, like, ooh, look, we're, we'll have sex with these women. They or their children were called the Watchers, and those are referenced, I think, in, in Psalms sometimes. Hmm. Um, uh, I think Habakkuk has some references to watchers at the post. I don't know if that's the same reference. I think that might be a different thing. Um, that's like guardsmen. Yeah. Who are, anyway. Uh, but Jude, the book of Jude actually specifically references Enoch, which is kind of fascinating. Anyway, so one of the, in the first couple chapters of Enoch, it specifically says, and these fallen angels, oh, by the way, it says the kids of these angels are 500 feet tall. Wow. 300 cubits, which, ironically, is the exact same measurement as the Ark. And so I'm wondering if there's, like, a spiritual connection that the Ark is somehow, like, representative of a coffin, as in the end of the days of these giants. Yeah, well, they wouldn't fit. That's one thing. <laughs> well, hypothetically, <laughs> only one of them would fit. Oh, yeah, yeah I, see, I see. Let me in. <laughs> I see what you mean. None of them would fit the in. The door is too small for you. The patach, the opening to the Ark. Um, blue, blue, blue. So, there's some interesting stuff. It specifically says the, uh, like, Azazel is one of the, um, names. And it also mentions demons as apart from these fallen angels, which is, like, interesting because modern Christian theology typically holds that demons are fallen angels. And Book of Enoch might be saying something slightly different. I think, honestly... That comes down to an Occam's razor of, like, how do we simplify the narrative as much as possible? So you see these fallen characters, it fits that it could be the angels. You know, it's just it's easier to s squeeze them into one mm -hmm. story instead of trying to come up with this new group that exists and try to figure out how they all fit together. Which is really lazy, number one. It's also potentially unwise, excuse me, unwise given the history of interpretations of the spirit realm from Jewish perspectives and things like that. Um, yeah, but the, the perspective changes even from the Old to New Testament. Like if we definitely. look at Hasatan, you know, the accuser, who in, in Job is actually part of God's counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, that role compared to the Satan of the New Testament has a very different relationship. Culturally, religiously, they understood that differently. And so... I think if we're trying to interpret even 2,000 years later, what the fallen ones, the angels, the mm -hmm. demons, gets pretty complicated. And the <laughs> we're very far removed from that culture, so it's very hard to know what was actually understood by that. Yeah, well, I mean, we need to be careful because some of the 
some of the tradition that we've picked up has come from like medieval stuff that I mean I guess it serves some purpose but yeah I don't know anyway get on with your your point though okay so Enoch um, it says that these fallen angels descend and teach it says specifically a number of things it, that various of the angels teach specific things so one of them teaches like deception and one of them teaches uh, how to make weapons and war another one teaches how to cut roots <laughs> and make like shadowings of the eye so these are references to i think like witchcraft and makeup <laughs> and and the book of enoch presents these things as like equivalent to each other and both of them as being like taught from demons or fallen angels or whatever and so i just find that really really fascinating demon blush demon blush um so yeah there's there's some stuff about um what the angels are what demons are there's kind of an idea you touched on this chart the um the development of a spiritual understanding of what exactly other spiritual powers even are. Yeah. Right? The Ten Commandments say, you shall have no other gods before me, which kind of is a tacit admission that there are other gods. Yeah. And yet by the end, in terms of Isaiah stuff, there seems to be this, this uh, sentiment that there are no other gods. Or it's if not... there are, they have zero power. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's aspects of, like, were the Egyptian pantheon um, angels? And it's just wrong to worship angels. There, anytime angels pop up in the Bible and someone has an inclination to, like, worship them, the angel is always like, no, 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 don't worship me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in Egypt and I just loved... Uh, Egyptian like ancient culture and um, art and history and stuff and so there was this like small statuette of Anubis mm. um, the like Egyptian god of mummification and the afterlife stuff he's a pretty cool dude but he's also like a foreign god um, not emphasis on the foreign but like a lower G not god god um, which my parents were much more conservative in the day, wouldn't even let me play Pokemon because they were demons. Like, that was, you know, they were pocket monsters, and monsters were demons, and so you couldn't do that. The world of the demonic. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you referencing that, that there, song? Yeah, there's a sermon that someone songifies. It's pretty great. Um, yeah, I mean, st stuff like that was, was the upbringing I... was part of that upbringing that I had that, you know, couldn't, couldn't do that, couldn't go there. Um, a lot of fear around demons and stuff. Yeah. Almost in some ways giving them more power. You know, to me the yeah. question is like, how much power do they actually have if they're real? How do we engage with that? And mm -hmm. I think this is actually a really good lead-in if we want to go here now to personal experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I have one that pops onto my mind right away, but I know that you've got some... Some stuff to share. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead with yours. Well, so we have a mutual friend, which we don't have to name. Um, and one experience at St. Mark's Church, mm -hmm. we were at the Compline service. It's a Gregorian chant choir sings half an hour every Sunday night for a prayer service. And this friend is there, and I think she was complaining about feeling not well. Yeah. Um... But at some point, she's like, I need to go outside. Mm -hmm. And so we go outside with her, and she says that she thinks she's possessed. Is that right? Yeah, or like has a demon attacking her. Yeah. So we do like any <laughs> uh, wannabe exorcist <laughs> does, and you know, we pray in Jesus' name that the demon would leave her. Mm -hmm. And... After a little bit, she starts convulsing. Yeah. And I, and I think she starts, like, speaking to us in a really low voice. I don't know if I would say, like, unnaturally lo low for 
her vocal chamber, but um, yeah. it's not her normal talking voice, we'll yeah. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I asked it its name, and I, I don't remember what they said, but um, there was some aspect of this that was very bizarre, and I couldn't tell you with 100% certainty that it wasn't an act, but the biggest thing that I keep coming back to is why would she? Like, that was such a dramatic performance for that to have been an act that gained no benefit in my mind. Anyway, so we're out there yeah, for a long, long time. time. Like, people come out of St. Mark's. Yeah, St. Mark's ends at, like, what, 10, 15? 10 o'clock, right, yeah. Yeah. So they all leave, you know, and we're still out there, and we're praying, we're praying, and um, she keeps spitting, like, she, like, tries to cough something up. Yeah. Um, and eventually she starts screaming mm-hmm. as we're praying. Yes. This is when it gets real wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it was. Go ahead. It was her. It was you and I, and then one of her friends and another one of our friends. So we're all here. This friend is screaming, and not quite. I mean, I don't know if you can quietly scream, but this is you know top of her lungs, screaming as we're just praying over her, and we get the cops called on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They roll up to us. At some point, it's like past midnight. Yeah, yeah. Is the context here. And they come out and they're like, we got a noise complaint. And they're coming up to us. And so I walk over them. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And so I say, we are in the process of an exorcism. We're casting out a demon. And the cop looks at me and he's terrified. I can tell, like, in his eyes, he looks (laughs) terrified. And he turns around and he's like, oh, Okay, and then they leave. They yeah. just drive away. Yeah. So um, that was the one good moment of the night for me. Uh, but yeah, eventually, like I don't think it ever really ended. It kind of subsided where she felt like she had the ability to take more control and she started to do some Tai Chi protection stuff, I think. Yeah, well, she and I particularly, she was very, um, she was actually very good at various martial arts, mm-hmm. um, which have, yeah, a sense of chi flow and energy in, in your body. Um, and so she and I did some bagua in like energy circles of moving around in space and trying to, yeah, just have positive energy flow and, and those types of things. There was a lot of, yeah, speaking the name of Jesus and, yeah. and I mean, kind of typical language, um, I mean, I don't know about you. I didn't go to exorcism training. I, oh, I, I mean, didn't take I guess, that class in I high have, school. I have, <laughs> well, and so that was actually, I mean, I don't know if you have other like observations of the time, but after the fact, because, you know, I wanted to take this very seriously. And yeah, absolutely. If if some demonic presence was still like in her or attacking her, and she talked about spiritual presences mm-hmm. like all the time. She, she talked about having the capacity to um, like feel tactily mm. when various spiritual presence, not always bad yeah uh, were attacking her glomming onto her and she had a friend who was talking about seeing them oftentimes yeah that's another part yeah yeah uh and so like i had my grandparents who had talked about spiritual like specific like tangible spiritual things but anyway so after after a while i went to a pastor who and i was like hey (laughs) exorcisms are a real thing right like let's talk to someone who can do them um, because we were obviously unsuccessful, or at least not completely successful. Um, and the pastor pretty strongly admonished me afterwards, like, you can't do this. Like, you are not of, you're not trained in what to do. You are not of the caliber, like, to to do this in a spiritually safe way. Oh, I, that's so... And it was an odd kind of statement. But yeah. I think it, you know, I think it goes in accordance with what Jesus kind of says. Jesus mm-hmm. has to... Uh, Ordain and bless with the power to... Well, it has to, what's, like, lay on hand, what's the uh, apostolic succession kind of style, mm-hmm. to, like, pass on, to give authority over unclean spirits and stuff. Yeah. So do I have that just because the Holy Spirit is in me? Maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, I tend to consider myself pretty safe, because of like the faith that I have in Christ and things, but I I think after the fact, it I felt that that it was a pretty unwise thing for us to engage in. Mm. Um, and there were a couple of pastors who I talked to who agreed, um, and our friend later apologized. Um, I am no longer friends with this person, um, 
for reasons that I felt came down a lot to like spiritual manipulation. So, I mean, that's another huge thing of like, I don't know if she was faking it. I, I mean, for a sense of like feeling spiritually important hmm. and maybe not like faking it intentionally, but like trying to manifest something. Hmm. I don't, I mean, right. The alternatives, it's kind of like that liar lunatic Lord argument for the veracity of Jesus's uh, resurrection. It's kind of, it's almost the opposite of like, the only reason something like this could be happening is you're either like mentally unstable, like you're not yeah. um, stable enough to know what's going on, um, or there is a bad voice, or you're really just um, a good actor manifesting it. Well, I mean, yeah, or you could just tr straight up be lying. And I don't think she was ever lying, but yeah. I think she was. I mean, I don't know. It's I, so I, hard I hope to she know. never. And you know, that's a. That's a difficult thing. When I, I'll, there's some other stories when we, if we ever talk about spiritual gifts, where like, this this young woman like really really impacted my understanding of spirits and spirit world and and all of these things. But in the end, a lot of it was pretty destructive, in ways that I had to take seriously enough to like, cut her out of my life. Yeah. Which I have never done with anyone before, mm. at that level. So. All this to say, I take this somewhat seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's classic things. So my, my mentor, my spiritual mentor is a pretty charismatic woman. And so I have gained a lot of understanding, I think, and skills of like dealing with witchcraft and stuff in wise ways and in ways that I think are somewhat spiritually ordained but it's also like I don't know how do you confirm something like that it's I mean I was raised yeah. relatively just normal bland protestants but orthodox people also believe in exorcisms yeah it's it's an interesting thing there's this other one and I don't know how you feel about me sharing this it. and Honestly, it's... this would be the time to share. Yeah, I mean, this is something that. Do you remember if this if this happened before or after that one? Good question. I think this was after. I think it was after as well. But we were at my house, mm -hmm. and I was sitting on a rug, just in our like living room area. You came out of the bathroom, and like it was it was nighttime. And it was like dark upstairs, and. You look over and see me, and you like visibly like retract. Your body like pulls away from me, and it was a very strange movement. And I was like, Byron, are you okay? And you were quiet for a moment, and then you said, No, I I don't think so. Do you remember this? Yes. No, I remember this somewhat clearly. I think you you forgot to like lay the groundwork that okay. I was having a very tough emotional day before this. Okay. Um, there was a, there was an aspect of like specifically my feelings towards or for you that like were uh, yeah because like I, I was staying the night at your house and then like I had some like some feelings and thoughts that I didn't feel like I could say to you at the time and so then we just mm -hmm. went to bed and it was just eating me up inside and so mm -hmm. I went upstairs to go to the bathroom um, and you followed me upstairs <laughs> And I knew you were there, I think, but yeah, there was some like... I don't remember this part of the story. <laughs> that this was... You know, why Why would you have just been sitting on the floor I outside don't... the bathroom? <laughs> I no, know. I, had, I had gone up, and I think you were worried yeah. about me. Okay. Um, I had gone up to like just throw up or something. Like something inside me just felt atrocious. Mm. Um, and yeah, there were... So you, you were there, and it wasn't like... A physical sense of startling me like no. I knew that you were there yeah yeah there was a very real spiritual sense of like my response and I didn't know who you were yeah like, I remember that it was like yeah you didn't know me yeah it was so bizarre um and then you tried to like reach out and touch my arm and it just like burned it burned like freaking fire and I don't know what that was about either um and it was very scary very sorcerer stone-esque yeah. The touch of love. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah, I was like, no, I don't think I am okay. Um, so we migrated over to the couch. Well, you, I think very 
boldly and again in retrospect, maybe somewhat unwisely. Uh, you tell us, right? Whether you you continue? No, I'll just jump in. You, I, I like hearing it from your perspective. Okay. <laughs> but you proceed to like ask these spiritual questions in the vein of like exorcism. Yeah. So I don't know what. No, you're... I, I was, I was checking in with you and. There was definitely something off about your spirit, and so I was asking you some questions. I don't remember exactly what I said, but um, one of the ones that I asked you, this was something that Hania had talked to me about, about um, spiritual forces having some placement like within your body, mm -hmm. that you would like feel it somewhere in your body. And so I asked if you felt like there was some place where you felt this thing. And I think you you said your chest, right? Like mm -hmm. there was some, yeah. And so I, you know, put my hand on your chest and, you know, prayed in Jesus name for it to go away. And there again, there wasn't some explosive moment. There was a flash of lightning. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Go for it. I, I totally forgot this you, detail. But now that I mentioned it, like, I'm not making this up, right? You remember that. Well, I mean, we have that other story of the flash of light that was in Portland. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was like a literal flash of lightning outside at some point, like when we were done or when you had asked me some like particular question. Hmm. Do you remember? You, you, I, I'm not remembering it, but you have a very good memory for these things. So I trust you. I, I have a very no, bad I'm, memory. I'm, I'm certain that this, <laughs> that this yeah. happened, but yeah. Okay. So exactly what you said, um, you know, at this point, you know, I, at this point, yeah, like I was trusting you and who you were or whatever. Um, yeah, you did two things. One is, where is it? Mm -hmm. And the other thing you asked is, um, what is its name? Yeah. And again, that was like an important thing for you for some reason. And I think that makes sense. Again, that's a thing that Jesus does is to ask Legion his name. Well, back to our names episode, if you know someone's name... In a way, you have power over them, and that especially seems to be true in the spiritual realm. Yeah, yeah, name magic. <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a witchy thing. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think I was trying to think of some sort of name, and and I remember uh, feeling like I don't know if it has a name, and you were being insistent. And so this this I think is part of that thing of like if if you believe hard enough, like. Are you just going to say a thing? So I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't vibing with the idea of like it having a name, but I also wasn't feeling like pushing back at mm. that time. Um, and so I think um, I said fear of untrust or fear in untrust or something. And like yeah. that, that could be a name. Like maybe that was a like real thing that arose. Some demon parent least, was not very creative one night that I'm just like, at least, you're going to be fear and distrust. Yeah. I mean, at, at at least it could be a description of what it was, and that sure. has some sense of namingness. Not everyone can be a Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Um, anyway, so yeah, then and then it like migrated down to my stomach, solar yeah. plexus area, and then we prayed, and it was fine. And then I think when we were done, I, you know, you asked some question, um, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm fine. And there was a literal flash of lightning. Yeah. Um, so I remember that, and then I went to bed fine. Yeah. This is just like wacky tacky stuff, but you and I are both, I would consider healthy skeptics. Like we don't want to just oh, yeah. accept something. Yeah. Because, I'm an incredibly skeptical person. Because we hear about it. Now that doesn't mean we don't trust people's experience, but we also, um, sort of in the line of doubting Thomas, you, you want to have that understanding and experience. You want to lean into it. I think people give doubting Thomas a bad rap. Oh. I mean, even yeah. doubting, like that's just well, kind of a Well, in Orthodoxy, he's called Believing Thomas. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Because he leans in. You know, he's like, I want to see. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Jesus obviously has some words for him. He's like, better to have believed without having seen. But I don't think what he did... He doesn't was... say better. He said, blessed are those who will believe without having seen. Yeah. So it doesn't. it's not necessarily a comparison. That's fair. That's fair. Um... But, I mean, the good, the, either way, Jesus meets him where he's at. Jesus absolutely meets more. And that doesn't sound to me like any shabby thing. No, not at all. I mean, who else gets to touch his wounds? I don't know if, if it says that he actually touches them. I think Jesus invites him to touch the wounds, and he doesn't need to. He's like, my Lord and my God. Yeah. But he very well could touch them. Um, his finger went through Jesus. 
I'm going to refrain from the obvious, <laughs> from the obvious jokes. Maybe it's those narratives that's why I'm gay. Anyway, um, okay. Was that all you? No. Had so yeah, basically though, like or... we we are naturally skeptical, and I would say in a healthy skeptical because it's not like we don't want to believe things. Yeah. You know, but we want to know why we believe things. It's serious enough that we... it's serious. Yeah, exactly. we don't want to. Like, believe something. And so these experiences, again, like the previous story at St. Mark's, there's still a level of tension that we hold with that story mm -hmm. of, of unknowing. Yeah, absolutely. And even the story with you and me at my place, what it all means, I don't necessarily know, but there are these experiences that we've had that we can't just ignore. Yeah. We can't just push under the rug. Yeah. There was... um. Another experience when I was uh, much younger, probably fifth grade, fourth grade, mm. um, there was a, uh, it's common, common little thing. Um, you know, the like scary maze uh, online. There's a, there, so back in the like a young, maze runner type deal, uh, like young days of the internet, there were all these like flash games or like the, there was a particular one there's like this pastoral scene of like a car driving on a green field and at some point it like it in, the point of the video is to encourage you to like what's going on focus and it's really boring and then all of a sudden it's a jump scare yes oh yeah right? yeah and I it's all these those. scary faces and stuff a lot of youtube stuff that did that too yeah there were some youtube ones you know there, yeah there was one scary maze like you have to move your mouse and if it goes outside of the border of the maze then it flashes these like scary pictures um and i remember one in particular um, and I don't think it was the first time I'd ever seen one or anything, but, um, it was just this thing and it like flashed a number of these just really scary demonic faces yeah. and like cut up babies and like oh. just really gross stuff. And it might not have been like real pictures. I'm sure. sure they were all just like dolls or something that looked creepy. Um, but it was like flashing really quickly, yeah, yeah. and so you do, your brain doesn't. No, you know. not at all. Yeah. But my older brother and I, uh, and I don't remember if Colin was there. He would have been one if he was. So I don't think he got any of that. Uh, we just like freaked the flip out, and like it it did something to the computer where we couldn't like exit the program. Oh, so we no. had to just turn the whole computer off. Yeah. And that of course took like three seconds, which felt like a freaking eternity <laughs> and i literally felt cursed after that mm. um uh like i could not get those images out of my head and yeah. anyway so my dad like i i couldn't sleep and i i told him i was i don't know if i had done one i had tried to sleep one night and i saw i did like i saw this image of like demon i was on a um bunk bed and i was on the top bunk or something and from the ceiling above me i just saw these like demon faces like uh. it was really atrocious and it could be the imagination of sure you know a what was that 11 year old boy but i wanted to take it seriously enough so i told my dad and he like anointed my the door of my room um with some holy oil thing from the middle east and it was fine after that hmm. you know so is that some spiritual placebo I don't know. Yeah. You know, I've I I have a little jar of holy oil um that I anoint things with sometimes. You know, I I sometimes you see like graffiti 666 whatever uh just walking down the street. Like I I anoint that shit when I see it. Like why not? There was a time when I found uh tarot cards. Um and they were really cool. They were like ocean themed or something. And anyway, so there's a rule with tarot cards that you're not allowed to buy your first set. You have to steal them or you have to find them or something. Otherwise, it's it's bad luck for the tarot cards. And I found these tarot cards and I uh, they were just sitting on a bus stop. And I walked by early in the morning and then I walked by later in the day and they were still there. So I considered it was like, okay, no one's coming back for these. So I stole them or I took them from the bus stop. Um, and well, like first I consulted my witchy friend and was like, this is how you're supposed to do it, right? She was like, yeah. Um, and there was a card missing. Death card. I don't remember what card it was. I, I, um, but I then, so I took the cards and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I was on a trip to Oregon at the time and I anointed the cards. I prayed over them and I anointed them with holy oil. And I, I, I wanted to like keep it weird enough for the cards but I blessed them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then they left me. 
I am not a person who loses things. No, you are not. And I lost those cards like no one's business. Um, They're like, I gotta get out of here. This guy's too holy. They freaking left me, and I was very upset. But now I have technically stolen my first set of tarot cards, so if I want to go get other ones, I can. Um, I have a friend who has a set of saint orthodox, or uh, saint um, tarot cards. Interesting. So, like, the, the, the empress is the blessed Theotokos, mother of Jesus. That feels almost blasphemous. I don't know. Well, but then back to that question of, like, is there something inherently bad about witchcraft? Or, if Jesus is the source of the power that you're yeah. evoking, is there a problem with it? My house, I had a housemate in Philadelphia who was a Christian witch. Mm-hmm. And they, th- this was at a particular time in my spiritual journey where I was reckoning with a lot of aspects of my identity and asking this question of why do I hold this part mm-hmm. of my identity, mm-hmm. realizing a lot of it was based in fear. And one of those things was not engaging in witchcraft, which was on my mind because of this housemate. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I said, okay, I would actually want to, like, I want to lean into your practice here. Help me understand what's the tarot about. And what they said was, for them, they understand it almost more of a psychological thing. That it's not that the cards necessarily have power. And again, mm. this is them. I don't know, like, other people can have other sure, that's perspectives. Right. But that's totally fair. that the cards that you draw and the meanings assigned to them will trigger some thought in you. Like, if I put down death... Like, and you think, ah, well, that should tell you something. Like, why are you saying, ah, at the thought of death, you know? Mm. Like, the idea that it would r- release some subconscious feeling to mm. the presentation, that the cards themselves don't matter as much as your reaction to yeah. an understanding of the cards. So I, I was like, that. okay, I can vibe with that. That's fine. And so so I did, I did a reading then. Mm-hmm. Another thing that they invited us as a whole house into was a prayer over tea. And so we had this tea... And essentially, we were trying to imbue a, a spell of prayer into the tea. And so it was almost like a meditation more than mm-hmm. anything else. And that was pretty cool. But in a similar vein as some people you've been sh- describing before, this friend of mine would have left the church, would have left the faith mm-hmm. altogether if it were not for witchcraft within Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's at least... A couple other people I know who. No, there's. To be fair, I don't think there's something inherently Christian or God-like about witchcraft. Um, I, I know a person who like was a Christian and started pursuing witchcraft, and the like, the, the image that came to them was not Jesus. It was Freya, um, Thor's mother. That's like okay. Well, how do we feel about that? Um, and this person, like, left the church. But I, I had another person, um, who, bless her heart, um, was trying to figure out, she was queer and had felt very, very rejected by the church, um, and had a bit of a Catholic upbringing, but then, um, was, uh, then became unhoused, and she asked me, like, as a burgeoning pastor, like, wh- she, she was like, so what do you make of this? Why was it that when I was in need, it wasn't Christ, but my witch, witch faith that helped me hmm. out of homelessness at this time? Hmm. And I was like, fuck if I know. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't pretend to know what tools God wants to use if it is God. You know, like... Difficult, difficult question. Lemon difficult. Um, lemon difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. And this friend, you know, was this close to like coming back into uh, Christianity, maybe leaving the witchcraft behind. That was relatively unimportant to her. Um, but then the church was transphobic, and mm. she was like, "Well, screw this." Yeah. You know, so if that's the case. You know, is Jesus showing up more in this, you know, inclusive witchy shit more than some canonical stuffy church? Yeah, will you find Jesus with the Pharisees or with the lepers? Sure, sure. And the witches. (laughs) And the witches. And the witches. 
and then the liches. For class, we were reading about Augustine's two cities, and Augustine takes an idea of the powers of the state and the powers of God and conflates them hmm. as the principalities and powers that Paul talks about. Yeah. And it makes me think, are there powers, demonic forces, behind driving things that we typically think of as non-spiritual? Like, mm. I mean, maybe having spiritual implications, but not being driven by spiritual forces. So things like racism, yeah. things like uh, capitalism, greed, yeah. uh, a sense of, or, or even the spiritual implications that we clinicalize or medicalize things like depression or self-harm or who knows the things that, that Jesus's world spiritualized that we don't nowadays. Absolutely. I think there's a real truth in that. And real directions to explore. So yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple stories that my grandparents told me. Um, there was, and I, I don't want to get these stories wrong, but I don't remember them terribly well. Um, there was a, so my, my grandparents did mission work in Africa, um, Central Africa, Congo, Zimbabwe, Kenya, um, and there was this like one boy who was, who everyone said had a demon and would like stand by the side of the road and just like stare at people. And if he ever gave this particular look, those people would like die hmm. in the next day or so. Um, and he... I think my, I don't know what my grandparents were doing in or around that village, but the kid was like standing there and like gave this particular look to my grandparents um, as they were driving by and my grandparents didn't die. There's kind of this, um, oh, that's so creepy. It is, it is pretty <laughs> creepy. Give me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> over here. I'm um, picturing that boy. I didn't need to be picturing that boy right now. Sorry. Yeah, kids and, like, demon possessions. Kids, yikes. Um, Why are kids so creepy? And there are stories, and I don't know if this one happened to my grandparents, or it was a story adjacent to them, but there was this witch doctor who, um, wa who was very upset at the prospect of, like, missionaries moving in and, and teaching in Jesus' name and stuff. Yeah. Um, now, for colonial reasons, I actually empathize with the witch doctor, dude. Um, but the witch doctor challenged this missionary to, like, a spiritual battle. D&D? I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, but the, the witch doctor was like, I challenge you. And the guy said, I'm not going to fight. It's the Holy Spirit who will fight you. Um, and the guy dropped it. Like, I mean... Kathy's shared some stories with me about like people trying to put curses on her and later they walk up to her and it's like why is this not working and she's like the Holy Spirit and they're like ah okay and they never bug her again <laughs> you know my, my father's relatively convinced that people in Ethiopia cursed him yeah. or maybe Guam even um, you know there's there's aspects of like we literally we've we found curse paraphernalia like chicken intestines and things around the the house where we were in Ethiopia. People, like, my sister who, my Ethiopian sister who, um, like, she, she, she wasn't uh, part of our family at this time, so she was, like, had the outside perspective. Um, she was hanging out with us sometimes, and her biological mother took her to a witch doctor to, like, cut, put cuts in her arm and put, like, herbs and things, um, as spells to protect her against us and our spiritual influences on her. Like, there's beliefs and prayers around holy water and holy sites and, like, relics and things that, you know, that's a type of... Well, again, witchcraft, spiritual battles, whatever, there's, there's this, like, monk in a certain part of Ethiopia who literally binds demons with his dreads. Like, my dad went to go... Um, see him when uh, to his monastery when my dad was ordained into the or not ordained um, baptized into the Ethiopian Orthodox Church 
and this guy like negotiates with with people who are possessed with demons to like get the demons out and the demons can't like handle the holiness of this guy they dread his hair they dread his hair um right and like again pretty skeptical person here like i can't deny the like impact and the reality of some of the stories i've heard but also like the the effects that i've seen from some of these things yeah i mean i guess some of this interacts with like different cultures beliefs around other spiritual forces like fairies hmm. um or trolls or uh like ancestor spirit type of things yeah um you know i i'm a to like wrap it back to other like the diversity of spiritual forces um protestant modern christians tend i think essentially to only believe in two maybe three spiritual beings god and then angels and then angels can be split into angels and demons or like the good ones and the bad ones but species wise they're understood to be kind of the same thing maybe if people are getting advanced they talk about archangels and normal angels maybe if they're getting really advanced they talk about like archangels seraphim and cherubim you know but certain more like weird texts canonical and otherwise um like uh ezekiel i think um or revelation mm -hmm. talk about hierarchies of angels the, the gospel of judas is the apocryphal gospel of judas is one of the best examples of these it talks about like guardian angels it talks about um generations of of hierarchies of things you know yeah you you mentioned early bible talks about um things like leviathan and behemoth yeah uh there's a type of phoenix bird thing that's mentioned in some parts of the Bible, and it's not often translated in, into English. Um, like, in terms of spirit beings, I am a person who actually tends to believe that, like, fairies and elves and trolls and... Troll dragons in the and dungeon! Things. Troll in the dungeon! Just thought That's you might want to know. Um, you know, I, I tend to think that these things are real and have spiritual implications you know, like a full moon or a solstice, I think has legit spiritual stuff to it. Um, and I think being ignorant of these things can actually be pretty dangerous. Yeah, at the very least, there are too many stories from so many different experiences that don't fit together. Yeah. We live in a reality that is not very clean cut. Yeah. As, I mean, you know, I'm even thinking about your friend who was experiencing homelessness, mm. who was like, oh, it wasn't Jesus and any Christian faith, but my witchcraft practices that helped me. You know, I, I guarantee you that there are many people like that. Mm. And there are many people for whom it's the reverse. Yes. Or something completely different outside of those. Or, you know, none of it matters to them at all. Or, you know... And the question is, we can misperceive our circumstances, mm. and we can be ignorant to our circumstances. So something is happening and we misunderstand it, or something's happening and we don't notice anything's happening. Sure. You know? But with the 7.8 billion people alive today, and the many more billion, maybe not many more, but like, you know, other people who have existed in the past as well. I think that number is 40 billion. So I think yeah, 40 actually, billion is, is what we're at now, yeah. Of people who have ever existed. So yeah, you could say many the more. The dead outnumber <laughs> the living. Yeah, let's hope so. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that all of those experiences can fit in a simple, clean-cut narrative. I don't. Uh, of, like, strict materialism, like, this is all there is. Yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, not just talking about secularism and science, but any specific spirituality yeah. or trying to find some conglomeration of all of them. It's mm. like, they don't fit together. Yeah. That's just not the reality that we live in. Yeah. And so what do we do with that? What do we do with that messiness? Yeah. I think, and th maybe this is where we can uh, wrap it up because it seems like it's the most important thing that I might say. I think 
we trust in the power and the sovereignty of God, right? Like, the God that we believe in, by all spiritual accounts that I've ever understood, is, by definition, not only the biggest thing out there, but also the goodest. The biggest and the goodest. And it's very nice that those two overlap somewhere in the universe. Your god is so big, she has her own area code. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Right, that, you know, that, that the, that the um, commandment, you shall have no other god before me, is not a... A, an insecure god saying like well I'm, I'm really upset if you if you think that other gods are better than me but a sense of like loving protection of, of knowing that there's other real stuff out there yeah and that god is king of kings and lord of lords that there are principalities and demons and ever and stuff out there but nothing can separate us from the God of goodness and the God of power and that and Yahweh. Yeah. And the journey of coming into relationship with the divine is, I think actually, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is a present path. And I've seen people of, well, there's a creepy sound. It's a very creepy sound. Perfect episode for that. Anyway, I don't know if that's gonna come through on the recording. There, there was a recording that happened in in Guam once, uh, where there was like uh, a woman watching this little child. Uh, again, kids. Please don't say creepy. <laughs> and a dog, and the kid started like crying and freaking out, um, and the dog started barking, and the and the auntie wasn't noticing anything, and then she went back because she happened to be like recording on her phone or something. Uh, and she went back and listened to the recording at the time when the kids started screaming is because there was some like unearthly scream coming from the forest uh, that she didn't hear that the kid did and was recorded on the equipment. Uh, okay, yeah, well, uh, we're gonna put all that to the side for a second because if it's night for you like it is for us, I want you to be able to sleep well because we do love you. <laughs> we're not trying to freak you out. Yeah. Um, happy Halloween, ma! <laughs> but I, I really do think that the pursuit of the divine sovereign goodness, mm. the mystery that we call our Lord, is a journey that is meant to be inviting. That any earnestness and sincerity and integrity in that process has positive benefit. Yeah. You know, from really, from any spiritual practice or background, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the deeper people are in an honest and sincere journey, the more parallel they are in a lot of ways, the more similarities as far as groundedness and sense of holistic connection and love. And I don't think that's a mistake. I'm not trying to give a pluralistic argument here, but I do think that our creator meets us in our experiences and is present with us as we want to engage. Mm -hmm. And so, going if we were to give us like directionality you know like to the divine upward mm. um going upward it almost becomes a little bit clearer of a path in some ways and it's down below where i'm going to misconstrue misconstrue this quote but it, i think it fits pretty well mm. where the devil is in the details <laughs> <laughs> so the very minute and specific details of our everyday life do not fit they cannot fit. Yeah. And they will always mislead us in some ways. I don't know what's real because your reality in many ways is very different from mine. Mm. And that's just two of us. <laughs> you know, take everyone. But then as we look to higher heights, so to speak, mm. I think there is some clarity and greater simplicity in the mystery. All right, our lovelies. 
May you find wonder in the mundane, hope amidst the chaos, and comfort in the love that makes you you. And a special for tonight, may you sleep well without the fear of anything creepy. <laughs> Go in peace.